Welcome. Welcome to Ike. Here you'll find inspiration, ideas, creativity, conversation, motivation, culture, stories, and more. While you're listening to an audio experience unlike anything else. Beautiful sounds that appeal to the senses. Information you can use. Interesting guests. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ike. Welcome to Ike. Thank you for joining, and you are listening to another episode of the Welcome to Ike podcast. Today, we sit down with Three Leaf Development, President and Founder Pat Connington, NBA Champion, as well as Managing Director of Three Leaf, Joe Stanton. So, without further ado, let's dive into it. Welcome. This is the Welcome to Ike podcast. My name is KJ Ikestead. I'll be your host, and I'm here today with Three Leaf Development Founder and President NBA champion Pat Connington. Pat, how you doing? Good. Appreciate you having me, KJ. Thanks for joining the show. And I'm also joined by Joe Stanton, managing director of Three Leaf Development. Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, appreciate you uh, you having us, like Pat said. Yeah, so we're going to talk about Three Leaf Development, the innovative real estate company that is making waves in Milwaukee and beyond. And we're going to dive in. So Pat, first question, you're 28 years old and an NBA champion, Milwaukee Buck, Notre Dame alum, multi-sport athlete, but you're also businessman and president of Three Leaf Development. In your own words, can you describe what Three Leaf Development is and at what part along your journey uh, to becoming an NBA champion it all started? Yeah, um, I would say it's um, like a club in a way. It's one of those, it's a real estate development firm. We try to do things a little bit differently. We take care of um, you know, our investors, our employees, our um, you know, tenants. We try to make sure everything's done with a high level of touch, high class, very professional. Um, but we want to make it a great experience for everybody. And I think that's um, you know, something that in today's day and age, I think a lot of people are in it to make money. We are as well, but we want to make sure it's done the right way. We want to make sure it's done uh, with a high level of experience so that when people walk away, regardless of whom they are to us, um, they walk away, um, you know, happy to be a part of or to have been a part of a Three Leaf property. Yeah. Um, when, when officially did Three Leaf Development start? And I know it originally was Beach House LLC. Uh, could you talk a little bit about the rebrand? Yeah, you know, as we've grown, we've transitioned names from time to time. Um, and I think the ideas have all remained the same. The branding of the name has changed. Um, you know, Three Leaf standing for, you know, we're trying to take athletes as I'm a professional athlete um, who are interested in the business world. So if you take an athlete, you're taking business and you're kind of joining them together through the vehicle of real estate, uh, which would be the Three Leaves. And I think for us, it's been about um, five years since we started. And, um, you know, we started small. We started flipping homes. We started with stuff that, uh, you know, we had experience in, we knew a little bit about, uh, but with the idea that as we grew, we wanted to continue to find ways to build a portfolio. Uh, you know, flipping homes are great, but um, 
I'm fortunate to have a means of income on a daily basis, a day job, if you will. And so for uh, to find a way to kind of continue to build for the future and then bring on people who want to also build for the future uh, is kind of where we've gone and where we're continuing to head. Yeah, and I know that you guys were together growing up, cutting your teeth in real estate at an early age. Joe, can you just describe um, maybe how you started with Relief as well? Yeah, so um, I worked in Boston right out of college um, at a company called Eaton Vance. So it was a financial management company, um, like selling mutual funds. And uh, basically worked there for almost a year and a half. And Pat and I, back, rewind a little bit to high school, worked a little bit um, under his dad. He had a uh, his own development firm, um, and he was a general contractor before that. We worked for his dad hauling lumber and sheetrock and stuff like that, and uh, grew to appreciate the business. And I don't want to say that we were only in high school, so I don't think it was exactly born there. Um, but then, yeah, in college, uh, Pat, obviously his story with baseball was super interesting, was able to get a signing bonus and, um, and you know, use that money uh, to flip a place in South Bend with his dad. And that's where I think the company was kind of born. But um, I worked, obviously, at that company in Boston for the year and a half. And then Pat kind of, uh, you know, he and I were talking, obviously staying in touch, talked about the potential of... Uh, moving to Portland, Oregon at the time when he was playing with the Trailblazers and kind of starting up this whole thing and um, made the move. And I don't regret uh, a single thing about it. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, I think that's one thing that anyone can dream to do is do something, create something awesome and unique with one of their best friends. And Pat, could you expand a little bit on just like how maybe your dad influenced your interest in real estate today? Yeah, well, as Joe mentioned, I mean, (laughs) for good, and for definitely for good, sometimes not for fun. Uh, we were working on job sites probably since we were in junior high yeah. uh, and into high school. And, you know, there's plenty of stories I'm sure my dad has of us uh, going through some growing pains, learning pains where the jobs, his jobs may not have been done as efficiently as a product of us. But, um, you know, I would say just being on those job sites and, and Joe may be able to attest to this, but being on those job sites and seeing what they were like when he was hired to develop them, hired to build them, hired to renovate them, what they looked like at the beginning of them. And then, you know, from some of the great work Joe and myself did of cleaning dumpsters and cleaning up the job sites and hauling sheetrock up and downstairs, what they looked like at the end and that difference. And so we got to see it on a daily basis throughout the summertime when we worked for him as far as the beginning to the middle to the end result. But it wasn't until you know college, it wasn't until, as Joe mentioned, I was fortunate to get a signing bonus in baseball and flip a home myself, was I able to see the financial difference of what happens when you buy a home, you put some money into it to fix it up, and then what is that home worth at the end? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was awesome, it was really cool to see, it was really cool to experience firsthand, and I think that kind of just sparked the growth, right? You know, you have that growth in um, a single project, you see the difference financially that it can make over a course of six, seven, eight months, and then you see what it's worth at that point. But then for us, it was, okay, well, how do we grow from there? Do we flip hundreds of homes and try to just make some money here and there? Well, sometimes there's volatility within the market. Sometimes it's not a buyer's market, it's a seller's market. Sometimes it's vice versa. So um, then we just started to learn more and more about multifamily homes, mixed-use buildings, and creating that cash-flowing portfolio so that, um, you know, as we grow and as we continue to do more projects, if we continue to own them, 
and we can cover our costs based off rental income or based off of appreciation or whatever it might be, then we'll be setting ourselves up much better in the future uh, than just flipping homes. Yeah, one thing that really stands out to me is I personally have talked to multiple athletes who have an interest in real estate, but I think the thing that really makes 3Leaf Development stand out is that you guys were doing you know, the grunt work. You guys were hauling the scrap metal, the lumber, and you have an appreciation for you know the contractors. You have an appreciation for the details and you see these details come to life in some of these three leaf properties. And that kind of leads me to my next question. It wasn't written down, but I wanna ask, did you find uh, getting deeper and deeper into this, do you find that real estate success and, and real estate, you know, not necessarily success, but accomplishing uh, projects, fa- finishing things is addicting, so to speak? Uh, great question. I would say, to your point about the detail, I think that's a great um, comment, and I think it's something Joe should dive into because yeah. while we worked on job sites growing up in junior high and high school, he has literally worked on job sites on a daily basis in the last three, four years, yeah. and he's been the one that has had to hire general co- or subcontractors. He's been the one that's had to make sure the work that they've done is fit to the standard of really fit to the code, fit to the plans, fit through the engineer, whatever it might be. Um, So to go into detail, you're right, because so many athletes want to get into real estate, but not many athletes know exactly what that means. Yeah, Joe, you just want to expand on that. Yeah, so I'd say my one of my favorite things about um, working in real estate development in general um, is just exactly like you said, going from you know this, from A to B and what it looks like from the beginning of the project to you know what what it looks like when it's all done and seeing all that hard work pay off and it go from you know maybe a rundown building or just a piece of land to um, you know a great building with a lot of value and you know it's fully leased and so on. So it's uh, it's a really exciting process, very rewarding um, to see you know what it is in the beginning to what it is in the end. Um, and then I think just to expand on the day to day, I mean, the hiring of the subcontractors and doing all that stuff, it just kind of um, teaches you, uh, you know, the true value of, of a dollar. I mean, every single yes. dollar matters in a project. And um, you could take it all the way back to the, the junior high days when uh, we were working on one of those jobs with Pat's dad. And um, we just had a little bit of, uh, you know, lumber and stuff left to throw away. And rather than order up a new dumpster, um, we improvised and uh, Pat and I and a few, <laughs> a few of our buddies um, built up the sides of the dumpster with, uh, you know, some broken pieces of drywall. And we were able to get that last little bit in and save that, you know, a couple hundred bucks uh, of, you know, fees on a dumpster. And I think, um, you know, I, I think at the time Pat's dad was happy with us. Um, so it's just, uh, it's just things like that, that are, uh, you know, it's, it's every small detail matters. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so one thing that really made me think of is, I'm blessed to be in business with my brother as well. And, and just to expand on that, we're, we're able to have those tough conversations, meaning we can be 100% honest with each, with each other for the greater good in order to get the best product and the best service. And I just wanna say like, how important is it in, in terms of providing you know, high-end real estate to be able to have people you work with, whether it's one of your oldest friends and even your dad, like to be able to have those honest, tough conversations without worrying about hurting anyone's feeling just to assure the greater good. Yeah, I mean, I think it can be harder than it would be if it was somebody you didn't know because at the end of the day, separating personal and business is 
I mean, it's honestly the same thing in basketball yeah. with my teammates. You know what I mean? Like anything that goes on in within that 94 feet of a basketball court, anything that's said, anything that's done, um, having the understanding that it's not personal, it is business. It's to try to hold everybody accountable, it's to try to hold everybody to a standard, and to try to grow, in this case, business, and in the basketball case, try to win games, right? But the success um, doesn't have emotional feelings, right? And I think when you're working with family, when you're working with best friends, like that line can get blurred and you have to have tough conversations. And yeah. look, Joe and I will tell you firsthand, we've had to have plenty of those conversations, but with the understanding that, you know, the friendship piece comes first and with the understanding that, look, there's a lot more value in it because of the trust factor. Like when I'm talking to somebody who's an investor of ours, when I'm talking to somebody who's gonna be a tenant of ours, I have a lot more faith and a lot more confidence in what we're doing because of Joe and my dad and because of the people behind me because I know I can trust them to uphold our level of service to the standard that I and we demand. Yeah, I mean, they say one of the hardest things to do in any business is delegate and it makes it a lot easier when you have that extreme trust. Um, so the Three Leaf logo, if you haven't seen it, is really cool looking. And it's essentially a three-leaf clover with hearts in the leaves and buildings for the stem. It resembles luxury. Pat, can you just go a little bit deeper into the logo and describe what it means, what it represents, and uh, the process that you were going for in developing something like that? Yeah, so when you initially look at it, a lot of people know I graduated Notre Dame, right? So you immediately think Notre Dame, shamrock, three-leaf clover. Um, I wouldn't say that's intentional, but I would say it's organic to me yeah. and it's organic to us. You know, Joe and I both Irish Catholic kids from Boston. It just kind of makes sense. We've always been Notre Dame fans. I was fortunate to go there. Joe's been there many times. Uh, and Notre Dame network isn't small, right? It's large. So a sense of pride for, you know, and a shout out to the alma mater. But when you dive deeper into it, the stem is buildings, right? The stem is, is a tall one, there's a medium-sized one, there's a small one. Um, for us, the projects that we do are unique. Um, they all have a story behind them. Very rarely do we take a project that you find on Zillow, Realtor.com, LoopNet, on the market per se. Um, everything's kind of relationship driven. And then, excuse me, the, I would say the three leaves in, uh, specifically have to do with business, and athletes on the two sides and bringing them together through the vehicle of real estate, which is the top. And for me personally, being a professional athlete, seeing all of the all of my peers that have gone through pro sports or are currently in pro sports um, and seeing, you know, the uh, 30 for 30 that ESPN came out with broke, um, I think it's, you know, tragic. So for me, getting a group of athletes and I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for the people that surrounded me. And also I wouldn't be where I am in business if it wasn't for the mentors I've been fortunate to have. The Notre Dame mentors, mentors around Milwaukee, uh, mentors within the Bucks organization, mentors all over the world that I was only able to get into the room because I'm an NBA player. And so to take a group of athletes and continue to expand our group of athlete investors to teach them what we're doing, why we're doing, how we're doing. None of them ever have to invest their thing. All, all the projects we do are projects that I, I do and would do with my own money regardless. But to take that group of athletes, um, educate them on what we're doing in real estate, how it works, why it's done, and then to take a group of businessmen and women who have been mentors to myself, who 
continue to grow in the mentorship role and to kind of couple them together into this company, into this quote unquote ecosystem so that it provides a level of income for athletes when they're done playing because say what you want, we're fortunate to make a ton of money, but you make your money over the first five to 10 years of your professional lives from 20 to 30, 20 to 35 if you're lucky. And then that money, you have to make sure that it lasts for the next 70 years of life, 60 to 70, God willing, right? So it's a very different setup than the regular world. So how do we provide an outlet for the athletes and how do we provide a network for the athletes who a lot of our investors are venture capitalists or business franchising or in media? And how do we create this culture, this network to where athletes have mentors in other areas of business that they may want to um, pursue later on in life to provide for their family, to provide for you know their kids and their kids' kids. Um, and it has an organic way of coming about because of this um, common ground of being an investor of Three Leaf. Yeah, I mean, when I look at the Three Leaf logo, I do notice it is detailed. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, and then you do see the, the clover aspect of it and, it, and it does kind of all come together in the middle. So that's like, it's not just a logo you guys threw together, like there was thought behind us. And Joe, as someone who has really been here throughout the entire journey, um, real quick, do you want to just add, you know, what does the logo kind of, what, do you, what did you see in it and what does it mean to you and stuff like that? Yeah, so I think Pat kind of basically took took all my uh, all my points, but no, I think what I'll just kind of touch on what he is doing and the idea behind the logo, how genius I think it is, and even taking a step back to when we were talking about working with uh, you know with friends and and family and how that can be challenging. Yeah, it has its challenges, but um, I think one of the big advantages to it is uh, one thing that you know I always think about when I go into. I mean, it can be any meeting. Um, that I have is, you know, this is obviously my best friend and brother, um, his money on the line. And, you know, you want to make sure that uh, you do everything you can to make sure that the projects go well. And, you know, I always know in the back of my head that he has my back for everything too. So I think, um, you know, that speaks to him as a person, but uh, also, you know, going back to your question about the logo, um, it again, just shows how he's looking out for all the other uh, athletes out there, whether it be basketball, baseball, NHL, um, whatever it is, and making sure that uh, we take care of their money as well. So Yeah, I mean, uh, one of my favorite quotes is a rising tide raises all boats, and you guys are absolutely being leaders. And I think um, that's a question I didn't really write down, but how would you say uh, you're someone who's definitely vocal on the court, Pat, and, and the team really benefits from that as, as someone who's been watching the Bucks my entire life. Like, How would you say the the real estate world has uh, affected your leadership abilities. I can only imagine it's added to them. Yeah, you know, I would say the most, the way that I describe it to a bunch of my peers, whether it be peers that are interested in getting involved in the real estate side of it, or whether it be peers that I just play with, um, (laughs) the unique thing is the NBA is different than college sports. Professional sports in general are different than amateur sports because you're talking about guys' livelihoods, right? So it's very difficult, and Milwaukee's done a tremendous job of being on the other end of the spectrum. It's very difficult to put together a team that's strictly about winning because at the end of the day, statistical success breeds about money and contracts and your livelihood and your career within basketball that is already going to be short because there's only, I mean, 
heck, we're talking about LeBron being a freak of nature and he's in season 19. You think about how much of a business career somebody has, 19 years just means they're 39 years old. They're just getting started essentially, right? Yeah. So um, the uniqueness is trying to create a culture where winning is the number one priority. Yeah. And with the understanding that for me personally and the way I've kind of always gone about it, and I've been fortunate again from a young age back in Arlington, Massachusetts, at a place called Fidelity House where that was kind of instilled in me. What are you doing to help your team win? Um, and, you know, we had very competitive uh, youth sports in Arlington. Joe can attest to that. But it was about how do you find ways to win? And so for me, both athletically, finding ways to win, help the team win, whether I score three points or 15 points, it doesn't matter. If I found a way to impact the game and help my team win, I did my job uh, and I'm happy about it. Similarly in business, where I think athletes struggle on the transition and what I preach to them all the time is business, you can be more successful together. Yeah. So that competitive nature, I wanna beat the guy across me, the Milwaukee Bucks wanna beat everybody on the Los Angeles Lakers, 100% accurate. Yeah. But in the business world, if I'm competing against Russell Westbrook's real estate development company, we're not doing what we could do if we were joint venturing, if we were having our own real estate development company, if we were putting them both of them together and now he's doing projects in LA, I'm doing projects in Milwaukee and they're both together. Like you can grow so much more in business when you do things together. And I think that's a struggle a lot of athletes have because of those competitive juices we've always been brought up with and been instilled in us. And so for what we do with the relief, a big part of it is the understanding of with our investors and especially with our professional athletes, it's, Hey, look, your interests come before ours, your success breeds our success, right? So you're going to get your returns first. You're going to be able to have an inside look at everything that we're doing. If you want to see how many two by fours we bought, come by the job site and see how many two by fours we bought. You want to walk through a, a project with your hard hat on? Joe's led a few of them back on a few projects in Portland that have had guys come through with hard hats on. And But it's about the returns and the success of the company comes after your success. Because with your success, we have success. So we can both succeed at the same time as opposed to it's not one or the other has to succeed. Yeah. As a unit, we want to all kind of succeed. And that's what leadership comes down to. It's about understanding, hey, look, as the leader, I know I couldn't do it without you and you couldn't do it without me. You wouldn't have access to these projects if it wasn't for me. I wouldn't have the ability to do five more projects if I wasn't taking on investors. So making sure the expectations are set from the beginning. We don't take on every investor because some investors' expectations are unrealistic. Some people think it's a venture capital venture capital investment, which if they invest a million dollars this year, they'll get back $5 million next year. That's not what real estate is. That's not what Three Leaf is about. We want the expectations to be set at the beginning. We want to make sure that everybody who's on board are good, like-minded people. Yeah. I mean, I can't go any further without thinking of Giannis there. Could you describe real quick, you don't have to talk too much, but how, how much is, you know, his just selflessness uh, rubbed off on you and, and vice versa? I think you guys are very similar in that regard. Um, the way I always describe Giannis to people is Giannis is a better person than he is a basketball player. And the entire world knows how good of a basketball player he is. He's a two-time MVP. He's the finals MVP. He's brought a championship to Milwaukee. He built this organization the way it should be built. He didn't join any other team. He was drafted here. He's remained here. He's shown you can be the best player here. Um, 
and you can win at the highest level here. So I would say um, for him, it's about winning. It's about he understands, hey, look, the more he improves his game individually, that's going to help the success collectively of the team. Mm -hmm. But he also understands the more he can help other success around him, that's going to help the collective success of the team and in turn his individual success. So the analogy I always use is what the Milwaukee Bucks have done such a good job of from ownership to general management to coaching staff to Giannis to Chris to Drew, et cetera, and all the way down the line is personal success does not guarantee team success. Yes. But team success magnifies personal success. So if I'm averaging seven points a game, but we're winning an NBA Finals, that's much more valuable than somebody that's averaging 12 points a game, but they can only win 13 games. Amen. Because at the end of the day, we get paid to win basketball games. That's what every team, every professional sports franchise is trying to win a championship. It's a quest for a championship. Not everybody's a championship contender, obviously, year in and year out. But the long-term goal is to win a championship. And so understanding that mantra again personal success does not guarantee team success but team success magnifies personal success and uh back to the real estate world um there's so much real estate out there that everybody can win you know it's not like there has to be one winner and and thank you for those deep answers i want to lead uh, with joe for this next question because pat you just gave us some awesome answers um you know, Three Leaf has projects in Wisconsin, Oregon. Uh, you guys have done some stuff in South Bend and the East Coast. And Joe, when choosing the location of a development, one may argue the most important component, what do you look for? Yeah, so I mean, that's kind of a, a loaded question, but yeah. um, I'll touch on something Pat said earlier um, that we try to focus on at, at Three Leaf is just playing into um, our strategic advantages. So I think one of the things that we look for, I mean, right out of the gate is obviously, you know, the markets that um, we're in and that we have uh, an effect on. So, you know, Oregon and Milwaukee are both, uh, are both ones that come to mind, obviously, because Pat's played in both of those markets. And then South Bend, Indiana, where the University of Notre Dame is, um, Pat had a, you know, a great college career there. So um, that's obviously one of the first things when you talk about just general area. Um, but then when you talk about a particular project, I mean, you know, we're not necessarily looking for stuff that's always on market, um, you know, looking for stuff that's off market and that, you know, maybe we can find based on a relationship that maybe we're trying to, uh, to help, you know, nurture all the relationships we can in, in the cities that we're in. So, um, I, you know, I would say generally, yeah, again, markets that we can, play to our advantages um, and, you know, deals that maybe we can find through relationships that we have with people in the city. Awesome. Pat, what would you add to that? Just the location aspect, uh, you know, what do you try and look for in a, in a perfect, perfect opportunity? Well, I think Joe hit the nail on the head, right? We try to utilize my platform. At the end yeah. of the day, I'm fortunate to have a platform. We want to play to our competitive advantage. You know, if I'm a power pitcher, I'm a home run hitter. I'm not trying to bunt for a single, you know what I mean? I didn't see, uh, David Ortiz button many down the line or Prince Fielder maybe is a better analogy here in Both Milwaukee. Are good, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, for us it's the same thing. What's our competitive advantage? We're fortunate to have relationships. I'm fortunate to have a platform in certain areas around the United States, right? So how do we, based off our network, find deals within those areas that A come about organically but are better deals than we'd find on market? Because if you think about it, 
why would somebody list the property on market? Because they think they can get more money for it and they can create a bidding war out of it. Um, and B, we can have some, you know, I would say uh, competitive advantage in leasing it up. You know what I mean? We can bring light to the project that we're doing. And look, there's gonna be people that like the projects we do, there's gonna be people that don't. But at the end of the day, our goal is to always create value in the places that we're reinvesting back into. Yeah. So Milwaukee, South Bend, Boston, Oregon, maybe Michigan, like who knows where we'll end up going. But the idea is we want to create value for that area. We want to bring, help bring more people to it. We want to help bring light to it. We want to utilize my platform to make it a spectacle so that people want to continue to live and invest back into these cities because um, at the end of the day, that's kind of the way it works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a growth of a city and the economic success of a city allows things to continue to grow. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so real quick, uh, what about Milwaukee is attractive from a real estate perspective, uh, in your opinion? I, I would say it's just such a... Um, underappreciated city on the global spectrum. I would agree um, with that, yeah. It's one of those cities that is a hidden gem, if you yeah. will. I think there's a lot of growth that will come from it. Obviously, being on the Milwaukee Bucks, I've been able to see it firsthand. I've seen, you know, when I first got here, the Bucks were the seventh seed in the playoffs. My first year, we went to a news conference finals. Second year, we uh, dropped it. We are the number one team in the league on pace to win 70 games. COVID hit, and we lost in the second round. And then my third year, we won the NBA Finals. And to see the city of Milwaukee and the state of Wisconsin, to see their response to the success of our team, to see, you know, game six, winning a championship at home so in this special. home state, to see all the people that were around, for those two and a half, three hours, there was no political problems. There was no social problems. There was no, um, you know, racial problems, it was no nothing. It was everybody that was around was had one common interest. We're sharing in a moment together. And it was all about putting the state of Wisconsin and the state of Milwaukee on the map. And I think for us, we wanna to continue to grow the city and the state of Wisconsin. We wanna to continue to grow South Bend, Indiana, where Notre Dame is because of how special the place is. We wanna find these special places and continue to help accelerate their growth so that, not so that foreigners come in and take it over, but so that the people who have been here for generations, the pride that they have, others can see the greatness within and it can just continue to grow that pride for them. Man, that's super special. And uh, honestly, once in a lifetime memories, the, it means so much to the people here, truly. Um, you, you touched on a little bit, uh, would you add anything in regards to what especially interests you about South Bend? That was kind of my follow-up question. And then, Joe, maybe you can add on top of uh, Pat's answer. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd say for us in South Bend, it's just, you know, the city of South Bend is Notre Dame, right? And Notre Dame is such a special place, such a unique place, the alumni network there. Um, so I'd say developing in South Bend is um, for all the people that have gone through Notre Dame, uh, for all the alums that have gone through Notre Dame, and for all the you know, future students that will go there and their families. Um, for us specifically, and you know, a few of the projects that we're doing right now in South Bend, I would say it's also to help a need. You know, I would say for us, 
we saw, or I personally saw, and Joe came out a bunch to watch some of my games and to be there for football weekends, but you see the student athletes who are there for three or four years, you see their families want to come in and watch their sons and daughters take part in that sport in such a special place for such a special university like Notre Dame, but not every single one of them are going to buy a home there. Not every single one of them can afford the astronomical hotel prices that um, are jacked up every football weekend, right? It's just a supply and demand thing. So how do we create a place where specifically student athletes, families, and parents can have rental properties for the three or four years that they're there so that they can go there on weekends, share it with families, create more of those memories. Again, it goes back to the idea of experiences within Three Leaf, right? It's not just for the investors, it's not just for the tenants, it's not just for the employees, it's for everybody. Like we wanna create those experiences, we wanna create those memories, create those um, you know, everlasting experiences that I think translate um, to whatever in different areas. Happiness. That translates to different things. Yeah, happiness. Yeah. Great call. Joe, any, any Yeah, I'd, I'd add on to that and just basically say, you know, I think obviously Milwaukee and South Bend in particular, yeah, and there's, there's ample opportunities. So from a real estate perspective, you know, yeah, there's a lot of um, chances to, you know, turn something and, you know, turn something that's a little bit distressed um, into something that's much greater and, and create that value like we talked about. But I think one of the bigger things that, um, you know, doesn't get mentioned enough is just the people in both of those cities and in particular Milwaukee. Um, you know, we, we love all the people here. It's a great city and, you know, everyone, all of my family and I know Pat would say the same about his um, family and friends who have come to visit the city of Milwaukee. Uh, you know, from Massachusetts or or my wife's family from Oregon, um, you know, when they come here, they love it. They love the people. And I think those are cities that we want to grow in because obviously the, the people care so much about the city itself. Um, and yeah, we're there to, you know, um, create value and, and develop properties and, you know, make the number side work. But we also want to be in a city where um, things are, you know, it's much more accessible and um, where we can grow alongside the city. So I think that would be kind of my... Uh, my point. Yeah, no, I think uh, one thing you just made me think of is one thing we're seeing in the field of media is that it's the rise of these regional networks. Uh, it used to be, you know, all about the national, but you're really seeing the, the, the opportunities in maybe the regions, whether it be Ike in the Wisconsin sports scene or Three Leaf in these Milwaukee, Portland or South Bend markets. And it's kind of like you don't have to you know, maybe New York would have been considered the center of the real estate universe, but it doesn't mean there's not opportunities everywhere you look and there's not good people everywhere you look. So, well, I, I'd say yeah. KJ to that point and to Joe's point is the people within each region are the ones that care most about that region, right? Yeah. So, um, while the national media, the national developers, the national whatever the business might be, maybe is more known across the nation. I would say it's the regional ones, it's the ones within the Midwest and within Wisconsin specifically. It's the ones that are built by the people in those areas. They care most about it because it directly correlates to their lives, right? And so I think for anybody, um, I mean, it would be something where to have somebody who's on the Milwaukee Bucks who takes pride in now being a, you know, what, citizen of Milwaukee for three years, to live here for three years, um, 
but can want to be a part of this community, want not just from a real estate development standpoint, but from a giving back standpoint, from a philanthropic standpoint via my foundation, but like partnering with the people within the city that have been here for even longer than me, obviously, to understand what the values are so that what we're developing or what we're giving back to are things that are important to those regional areas and to the people within that region who have been there for their lives. Yeah, very well said. And yeah, I think, yeah. A, I think a common stereotype sometimes with uh, real estate developers is that, you know, they come from out of town and they just want to, you know, make the most money and pad their pockets as best they can. And I think that that's um, in particular at the Relief, you know, not our goal. We want to, like I said earlier, grow with the city, um, make sure, you know, that what we're building fits the neighborhoods that we're building in and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, you know, one thing that's so important for any company to cut through the noise these days is a why. And I think you guys are really doing a great job of just explaining that Three Leaf is so much more than just another real estate company. I, I'm really enjoying the, the depth you're going into. So as much as you're willing to share, what's next for Three Leaf? Oh, um, I would say continued growth. I would say look at some point in time um you know the project size that we have will need to grow uh, i think it, it it depends right you know um we will always be a part of the midwest our goal is to grow here regardless of where i personally play um so our goal is to can you continue to be a part of this community to continue to be a part of this region um and then i would just say it kind of depends on how fast we want to grow. We've developed great relationships with general contractors around the city, with other developers. We've developed great relationships with, um, you know, people within the city. And I would just say for us, um, it's about figuring out what's going to work best from a infrastructure standpoint within our company, from a property specific, um, you know, target, um, genre of properties, you know, target sector, multifamily, mixed use, industrial, medical office, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and from a investor growth standpoint, you know what I mean? We've experienced significant growth over the last, I'd say two years. Um, and so kind of figuring out what that next step is. I think we're in an exciting place. We've done a lot of exciting projects. We're finishing up quite a few projects now and just trying to figure out what is that next step for three leaf. And, uh, I think growth is on the way. It just remains to be seen what it is. Next move better than my last move. Exactly. Um, so, so Joe, would you add to that? No. Yeah. I would say the same thing. I mean, I think the the big thing is just, uh, is just the scale. I mean, we know that we're, we love the product that we're, uh, you know, that we've put together and that we're, uh, you know, continuing to, to work on and we hope to, uh, continue to grow that, that product. And, um, again, I mean, go from like Pat said, you know, maybe some of the smaller scale multifamily stuff we're doing now turns into, uh, you know, to, to bigger and, uh, projects with more units and, or maybe that's in a different sector. I mean, doing like Pat said, mentioned earlier, he's got a foundation. I mean, maybe getting a little bit into, uh, you know, developments like that, where we can have a, uh, a bigger social impact and um, things of that nature too. So uh, could could be a variety of different uh, directions that we could go. Yeah, and, and for those that don't know, Pat's doing some really cool stuff in Milwaukee. You built a court um, in an underprivileged neighborhood. That was amazing. I was fortunate enough to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else you're doing in the background that you might want to share with the listeners? Or 
Yeah, the foundation stuff's actually, that one's on the fast track of growth. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, uh, we're starting to revamp. Uh, we're starting to rebrand that as well. Uh, we've uh, done one court in Milwaukee. We got another court that's underway as we speak that should be done here, hopefully around January or February. Our goal is to do a few more. And I would say our long-term goal with the foundation in general um, is to kind of re revamp, reconfigure how youth sports is seen systematically. I think youth sports has become a big business and yeah. I don't think youth sports should really be necessarily a business, right? When you're, we just talked about the difficult conversations you have with friends and family, right? They're difficult because you're trying to grow a business. You're trying to make sure the success of the business comes before any emotional feelings that you guys may have about each other. Youth sports is supposed to be the kid's best interest. It's not yeah. supposed to be the best interest of a business. It's supposed yeah. to be the kid's best interest. So for myself, I've seen it with the whole two sport thing. You know, I was told to specialize from a young age and uh, I didn't specialize heck until I was drafted in two sports. And some could argue I could go back to baseball still someday. So, um, why are kids being told to specialize? Well, because youth coaches know if they got them for practice in the summer, fall, and winter, and then they play for the team in the spring, the summer, fall, and winter are now other areas of income for them because they have to pay for practice and skills and all this sort of stuff. And the more kids that do it, the better, or if you don't do it, you might have a less chance of making the team. And it might not be directly said, but like yeah. at the end of the day, you can make the argument if you work on something 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you're gonna get better? Absolutely. But as a nine, 10, 11 year old, I would argue that may actually inhibit your ability to grow. It might inhibit your athleticism in other areas, your hand-eye coordination, might make you more injury prone in those sort of areas, right? Because you're not fully developed yet. So for us, the foundation, its goal is kind of rewrite that narrative, make sure that, excuse me, the kids' best interests are back on top. Yeah. Um, being a nonprofit, it's something you'll never see me take a dime from. Um, the goal is to always create access to athletics for kids of all ages, not just for the athletic portion of it, but most importantly for the translatable life skills, the hard work, the teamwork, the leadership. I mean, the success I'm having in business is because of what I learned in sport. How do you work together? How do you lead from different roles? How do you... Um, understand how to time manage um, when you're trying to play two sports, but also make sure you get a college degree. Um, and so I think our hope is to try to rewrite that narrative. Maybe that's in the form of a facility somewhere in the Milwaukee area that kids can be a part of, that kids can, you know, we can mentor some kids, we can create a basketball program, we can run our camps and clinics, we can partner with other 501c3s who help teach financial literacy. Um, we can help kids get internships. We can really create programming that um, will help the kids and the student athletes of this next generation around this specific area be put in positions to achieve whatever it is their dreams are, right? Because you're not going to all become professional athletes. You may not even become Division One athletes, two athletes, three athletes, whatever it might be. But um, we can all use sports as a vehicle to get closer to achieving whatever it is you want to achieve. Very well said. Uh, anything to add, y'all? No, no, I I totally agree with uh, with you know everything he's he's said about it. But I think um, 
you know, one of the important things that I can touch on personally is just, you know, taking it back to those days when Pat and I were, you know, on the same, uh, same little league team and same, you know, basketball teams and that whole thing, just the, uh, life skills that we were able and fortunate enough to learn through playing those sports and, um, where it's, you know, brought us today. So I think that that's the, the main point of the foundation. Um, I give Pat a lot of credit for, for coming up with it and, you know, that being obviously the mission statement, but, um, yeah, I think just, you know, again, I, I can't reiterate enough how uh, important those life skills are and we hope to, uh, have a, as a foundation, have a huge impact, um, on all, you know, the youth in, in Milwaukee and, and all over the U S man, I just want to add to that, that we see just how competitive these, you know, whether it's the NIL deals in college now, whether it's even below then in the AAU circuits, like even with Ike, we see how much of a business this is becoming, whether people sending us huddle stuff, you know, and I can honestly say that that's one of the least generic responses I've ever heard of for any foundation. So that's a really cool. Thank you for sharing that. Last question in regards to three leaf development for the people just starting out in real estate, what is one piece of advice you would give them? Joe, I'd like to start with you. Yeah. So, um, it's a, it's a great question. I mean, I think my answer to that would be, um, and I don't know if I'm going to steal Pat's thunder with this answer, but would be just to network. I mean, the, your network is so important. Um, I think, you know, I take, I take multiple meetings every week with, you know, people, I mean, there's tons and tons of people, Pat included, um, who are smarter than me, KJ, yourself included as well. So I try to, uh, no, I try to take a, as many meetings as I can, um, and learn from, you know, the people around you. Um, because you'll never know what, you know, what way they can lead you, um, what other people you may meet from them. And so, you know, I think one of the biggest things is, again, just to network. That's yeah. uh, that be my answer. Great answer, Pat. What about you? Uh, look, Joe knows me. He knows network is important. Um, I'll use a different answer since he jumped in with that one. I'll say, you know, educate yourself yeah. um, because I think – and it doesn't just mean read books. It can be educate from a network. It can be educated from people who have gone through real life experiences with it. I think if you're taking the time to educate yourself through books, through meeting people, through learning about their experiences, then you'll be putting yourself in a position to have success and you'll be putting yourself in a position to mitigate the, uh, to mitigate the, it's the word I'm looking for, negative things. Hard learning. No, the, the mistakes. Yep, okay. You're putting yourself in a position to mitigate the mistakes yeah. because that others have made along the way because you'll be learning from them, right? So like for me, if I'm mentoring somebody or I'm educating somebody who wants to become a real estate developer, the first thing is what are the mistakes I've made so that you can try not to make them. But if you're not taking the time to educate yourself or you start to take the time to educate yourself and then you get too lazy or you get bored with it or whatever, you're not going to be successful in that business. That's not the business for you, right? So whether it's real estate development, whether it's media, whether it's um, heck, in between basketball, you know what I mean? Like I say to all the kids within the camps and clinics of my foundation, 90% of you say you want to be a professional athlete. What are you doing on a daily basis? What actions are you taking that line up with that dream, with that desire? You look at me, you know, my goal was to be a professional athlete in two sports. 
Well, guess what? That meant some days I couldn't play video games with my buddies because I had to go work out. Some days that meant I had three practices in a day or I was up at 6 a.m. going to the gym before school or I was running on a, with a weight vest on late at night after eating dinner before I went to bed. Whatever that case may be, the actions that you demonstrate on a daily basis will directly relate to what you're able to accomplish in whatever field you choose. And with real estate development, it's no different. How are you gonna educate yourself? How are you gonna take the time to learn from others that you network with, because networking is part of the education process, um, and put yourself in a position to be more prepared than the next person in line? Yeah, I mean, I love how translatable that is. So. Three Leaf Development, check it out on Instagram, check it out on Twitter, threeleafdevelopment.com. Make sure you check out the website. You can learn much more about it. I want to thank Pat and Joe for joining us. Uh, Pat and Joe, any final words? Who? Um, any final words? Yeah. Joe's smarter than me. He said I'm smarter than him, but that's not true. Uh, I don't know about that, but no, I'd say, uh, say go Bucks. Um, I appreciate you though, KJ, having us on. Um, been, you know, love your podcast, doing great things. So keep up the good work. Um, look forward to you know hearing the future guests as well. But no, just thank you again for uh, allowing us to use your platform and um, tell everybody about a little bit about what we're doing. Man, thank you guys so much for giving me the opportunity. I'm sure everyone's gonna be really excited to hear it. So this is the Welcome to Ike podcast. We'll catch you next time.